The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. Oh, you are in for real, really a big treat. We have such a star with us today, but in my world, being that I'm a woman with epilepsy, he's a star in more than one way. To all of you, and in the entertainment world, he is a well-known Hollywood producer that has made us laugh with movies like Airplane and The Naked Gun. <clears throat> but he's also the founder of the Charlie Foundation. So to me, I view him as a great civil rights leader in America for people with epilepsy who were left out and didn't know there was other treatment available. And also, it is an honor that he is such a humble person that he would be a guest on my show today and has saved lives, I believe, through his passionate work with the ketogenic diet for millions of us with epilepsy. So, Jim, welcome to the show. Well, guys, thank you, Joyce. It's it's a treat to be here, and uh, and thank you for having a show like this. It's such an invaluable resource for so many. And you know what? Just so you know what this man is really like, I just want to tell you, here he is, famous Hollywood producer. Do you know how I first heard about him? Was through a young woman that I've been trying to help, who also has been on the show, Julie McCauley, who has been brutally bullied at school, terribly. And it was she and her mother that first told me about Jim and how much he's done. So out of a child... That's how this all started. That tells you something about him. So, Jim, how about if you tell our listeners throughout the world what caused you, a famous Hollywood man, to become interested in the world of epilepsy? Well, I think like most of us who are interested in the world of epilepsy, it it wasn't a subtle introduction. Um, When in 1993, when um, our youngest son, Charlie, was one year old, he had his first seizure. Um, he had had a pretty normal first year. There was no reason to believe anything was wrong, and he, he started having seizures. And so Nancy and I um, did what everybody does, and, and we started taking him to doctors. And um, uh, sadly, he started to feel medications. And over the course of the following months, he failed every available uh, medication, and uh, including the, the various combinations, you know, as they wean you up and down on, on different drugs. You know, you, there are all sorts of cocktails and combinations of drugs, but nothing 
seemed to stop his seizures. Um, and he began having dozens, sometimes as many as a hundred seizures a day. Um, and he just continued to get sicker and sicker. And finally, um, his doctor suggested perhaps a brain surgery. So he had a brain surgery and it failed. And it was a hideous experience. And the seizures came back. And we began to take Charlie to other pediatric neurologists around the United States. He saw four very you know, prominent pediatric neurologists in various cities, and they all pretty much agreed, very much agreed, that there were drugs and there was surgery, and those were Charlie's alternatives. Um, the last neurologist we saw pretty much told us to uh, forget it. You know, that Charlie was destined to this life of continued seizures and progressive retardation. He actually suggested a brain surgery called a corpus callosotomy, in which uh, the corpus callosum, where the center part of the brain is severed, and the two halves of the brain are severed, which virtually precludes any kind of, you know, decent life for a person. Oh my God. In oh, an my effort God. to stop the seizures. So, um, you know, we were, we were desperate, and those were the only alternatives we heard. And sort of as a way, not so much to, to find an alternative therapy for Charlie, because these were very prominent pediatric neurologists we'd seen, and certainly if they knew of anything that would help him, they would have told us, wouldn't they? So not so much as a, as a way to uh, um, find a, an alternative for Charlie, but more as a way to try to figure out how, you know, he and the rest of us were <clears throat> going to make it through life with such a bleak prognosis. I started doing some research on my own. And, again, this was in 1993 and kind of before the Internet was, at least before I knew how to, push keys on the internet. And so I went to the UCLA Medical Library and I started reading about epilepsy. And um, and I came across a dietary therapy that had been invented in the Mayo Clinic in 1925 and it had been used as a first-line therapy for kids with difficult-to-control seizures up through the 1940s and the 1950s um, when new medications started being developed and um, had started to fade out of popularity around that period of time. Um, but there was, uh, I've, I found a dietitian at Johns Hopkins who was 72 at the time and who had been very conversant in the diet during its heyday in the 40s and 50s and was still available. So we took Charlie to Johns Hopkins. I called uh, John Freeman, the pediatric neurologist who, who ran uh, pediatric neurology at Hopkins at the time, and I asked him, if we could bring Charlie, and he said yes. So we took Charlie to Hopkins, put him on the diet, and again, at the time, he was on four medications um, and suffering dozens and frequently as many as 100 seizures a day. And in two days, his seizures were gone. 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, and I have so many comments I want to make about this because I see some parallels of some things that happened to me in my life. Uh, but for those of you listening, let me just tell you, folks, one seizure a year is too much, let alone hundreds per day. You have no idea what that does to you. But I think we have a caller on the line. Do we have a caller? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Hi, Joyce. It's Jean. Hey, Jean. Jean, I was just talking about you at the beginning of the show. Oh. I was telling Charlie and, and all of our listeners how I met him because of my involvement with you and your wonderful daughter. Oh, thank you. Hi, Jean. Hi. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm good. Good. I think it's great that you're on the show. I think everybody needs to know about the ketogenic diet. Thanks. To me, it's, uh, it was a lifesaver. You know, it, it, as you know, it saved Julie's life. Without the diet, I don't know what would have happened to her. And if it wasn't for Jim and Nancy and Charlie and having the, the strength to go forward and, and um, to put the diet out there for the rest of us to see, not knowing that there was this miracle cure of food that that could control seizures, I don't know what would have happened to Julie, honestly. Well, we know she wouldn't have been taking some of those drugs. Well, that's true. That's true, because they did try her on um, Depakote after she was on phenobarbital before they put her on the diet, and um, she even reacted to that. She ended up getting ITP, and her, her um, platelets crashed and went down to a thousand. And she had to wear a helmet for six weeks. And you know, when I when I saw Jim on TV talking about the diet, it was it was a miracle to me. And and my phone rang from the time the show aired on the East Coast until. It aired on the West Coast, and I kept telling people, stop calling me because I want to watch this. <laughs> and, and then I wrote to, J- to Jim about um, Julie and told him that she had Stevens-Johnson syndrome and um, that I thought this diet was, was the answer for her and not thinking that he would take time out of his schedule and actually call me to let me know about the diet. And he, if it wasn't for him, he helped get her on the diet. And every neurologist out there, as far as I'm concerned, when you bring a child in with a seizure disorder, this should be something that they should offer right away, up front, before we start with all these drugs. What would it hurt to start the diet first rather than pump them up with one drug after another? And and when we have these tremendous side effects that that can come from some of these drugs, most of these drugs, or, or surgeries that are unnecessary. When there's food in the grocery store that all you have to do is know how to cook and, and weigh. And now, from what I see, um, it's so much easier than when we did it, Jim. Yeah. So I, I think everybody out there that has a child with a seizure should... Look into the ketogenic diet. It's, it's fantastic. Well, Jean, I so much appreciate you calling in. I want to remind everyone that Jean is the executive director at the Stephen Johnson's Foundation and that her awesome daughter, Julie, who I think the world of, has been on our show also. <clears throat> and you know what, Jean? 
I appreciate everything you're doing also. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Can I add also that the Julie and Jean are, are amazing, and um, there is on our website a video of Julie speaking and singing at our recent dietitians uh, and nurses conference in Phoenix. And if you want to see an amazing young woman, you know, go onto our website and look at Julie's story, and you'll be inspired. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Just think, Jean, they allowed her to sing. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. (laughs) All right. Hey, Jean, thank you for calling in, and you you. keep up the fight. I will. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Okay. So, Jim, back to your story. Now, you know I have epilepsy, and I had these ongoing quote-unquote, fainting spells, and I went to a doctor and described it, and he tells me, oh, it's just some female hormonal problem you have. And in 1985, I was, hey, I was at a movie theater. I was seeing the film uh, Amadeus, and it had an intermission. And at the intermission, I went to get a Diet Coke, and I had a tonic seizure and hit the floor so hard, I fractured my skull, had an intracranial brain hemorrhage, broke all the bones in my inner ear, and ended up having life-saving brain surgery. And when I come to, in the intensive care unit, this is when I hear the news. Oh, by the way, you have epilepsy? Hmm. I'm saying this because did you hear his story? How the heck did anyone know to tell you about this? That's my question. Why didn't anyone tell us about the diet? Yeah. Well, I can tell you um, I've spent a, a great deal of the you know, intervening 17 years or so asking that same question. Um, I can tell you when, when I returned to the doctors with a seizure and drug-free Charlie and asked them why they hadn't told us at the time, um, I can tell you the reasons they gave us, and they included that the ketogenic diet is a high-fat diet and may be unhealthy, um, because we know that high fat can be unhealthy. Um, you know, you have to factor the potential, that potential health risk with the fact that he was on four anti-seizure medications, that he was having so many seizures. Um, and so we were, you know, we would roll the dice on the health issue. Well, wait a minute. I'm going to say, or like me, he could have almost died. Oh, yes. Well, that's I mean, come on. Thing, Let's know. be real here now. When you're having, and he was far beyond was me. Having, He's having 100 a day. Yeah. I mean, he could have died from all of that. Or from any one of them could have been fatal. That's correct. Yes. Okay, so for our listeners, Jim, could you explain to them what is the ketogenic diet? Yes. The, the ketogenic diet mimics uh, the effects of fasting on the body. In other words, when you fast, what you do is you burn fat for energy, and there is something about the byproduct of burning fat for energy that helps suppress seizures in more than uh, 60% of the kids who go on the diet and, and cures uh, around 20%, like Charlie. Um, and Julie. And Julie, mm-hmm. and thousands and thousands like them. I mean, there's, it's, it's, was in, as I mentioned earlier, it was invented in the 1920s. 
at Mayo Clinic and has been used historically at many of the nation's finest medical institutions um, since you know it came to be. Um, it is a very, in addition to being a high fat diet, it has very low carbohydrates, enough protein to grow on, and um, must be administered with the help of an experienced ketogenic diet dietitian in a hospital that has an experienced uh, keto team. In other words, a neurologist, nurse, and dietitian who can help with this discipline therapy. So when you are on this diet, are you, what about when you're at home? Do you stay on, can you stay on this diet at home? Yes, oh, sure. Um, it's, it's an adjustment in the family to have a, a child who's on the ketogenic diet because he can't eat all the same foods that the other people in the family eat, including siblings, which can be difficult. There is a wonderful book that's been written by Dr. Deborah Snyder, whose son Bryce was all, also had epilepsy and also was cured by the uh, ketogenic diet. And, and her book is really about how empowering it is for a family to uh, have a, a, a kid on the, on the ketogenic diet and for everyone in the family to help participate in the cure. So rather than a negative, it, it really emboldened and empowered her family. And, they, and, and that now as the diet has become far more popular than it was when, when Charlie started, um, there are all sorts of tricks and all sorts of ways to incorporate the entire family in, into, the, into this therapy so uh, the, the child who's on the diet doesn't feel alienated. As a matter of fact, it helps the, the family grow closer together. Okay, um, and I want to talk more about that when we come back, but I think we have a caller on the line. Yes, Joyce, this is uh, Eric Hargis. How are you today? Hey, Eric, how are you? Oh, I'm doing doing great, doing great. Good, um, good. You have a question for our guest? Well, actually, as a, as a comment, Jimmy Jean, I'm the uh, president and CEO of the uh, Epilepsy Foundation, and I, I wanted to call in and uh, on behalf of the Epilepsy Foundation first to um, thank and recognize uh, you for what you did to make the epilepsy community uh, aware of the ketogenic diet as, as an effective treatment option, for, uh, particularly for young people with hard-to-control seizures. Um, and one of the things that um, listeners may may not be aware of, you know, in addition to you know, kind of a, a personal crusade to, to increase awareness of the diet, if you haven't seen uh, the film First Do No Harm, really encourage everybody to you know go to a video store and check it out. It's an outstanding movie that um, that Jim produced, and it really does uh, depict. Um, you know the impact of the diet on a uh, on a on a family. It was a uh, it was a great film. It was really my first introduction to the ketogenic diet. And Jim, just wanted to thank you for what you were doing to bring awareness to that. Eric, thank you. I, I very much appreciate it. Yes, and and Jim, I don't know if you know, I'm the new chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. So you can take it to the bank that I will be making this forefront information all the time. That's, that's phenomenal news, and it's primarily phenomenal news for all the kids out there who will benefit when they have right. the opportunity to, to try the diet. That's right. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for calling in. Good. And, uh, 
Joyce, again, we're we're, we're thrilled that uh, you were able to, uh, to to get Jim on the show. We think this is fantastic, and uh, it's a great way to make sure, as you know, our commitment is to make sure that uh, all families are aware of all treatment options, and that uh, oftentimes uh, the diet is not considered soon enough in terms of uh, treatment for hard to control uh, seizures. And it's great that you're bringing awareness to it. So uh, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Thanks again. Okay. Yeah, see, this is the thing I don't understand, is that if you heard Jim talking, he said this 1925. Am I right? Isn't that when you said it started? Yeah, in 1925 at the Mayo Clinic. And, yeah, and, and I can't believe how all those years would have passed, and this this would not be made more obvious to people because, you know, being that I live with epilepsy, I'm going to tell you right now, you all know, listeners with epilepsy, what happens when you're over-medicated? You feel like you're a zombie. There are all these side effects. And in the meantime, what gets me is here this is right at the grocery store. That's not correct. saying it won't work for everyone, but why wouldn't you try it? And I think it is phenomenal. Hey, Jim, how, how many children would you say there are with epilepsy that use this diet? Well, you know, that's, that's a tough one. I, I don't know for sure. There is no kind of central clearinghouse for uh, treatments uh, and, and ketogenic diet, you know, success and uh, or not, but I can tell you that when we uh, started the Charlie Foundation in 1994, Johns Hopkins was about the only option available in the world for uh, for the ketogenic diet, and it was on the verge of extinction. There, I think Charlie was the sixth or seventh kid who started the diet at Hopkins in '93, um, and. Uh, so, so it was it was kind of fading out, and I think kind of as, as Mrs. Kelly, the dietitian at Hopkins, was preparing to retire, it was going to kind of go away. Today, there are over 150 uh, hospitals worldwide that use the ketogenic diet. So, um, you know, there has been an impact, there has been an effect, it has been revived and revitalized, and it has been perfected. You know, because of the increased use today there are kind of hybrids of the diet one called the low glycemic index treatment which has been uh, pioneered at Massachusetts General Hospital there's the modified Atkins diet which has also been perfected at uh, uh, Johns Hopkins um, and and there's just much more use the, the meal plans have become much more delicious than they used to you know when Charlie was on the diet it was <laughs> you know, here's a grape and a stick of butter, and good luck. But 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 now meal plans are quite delicious. They incorporate a kid's favorite foods, um, and they are all very accurately computer calculated. Now I know I'm going to be sorry asking this question, but I have to know: when you made this well known, did you have people that were not happy about that opposing you? Oppo- <laughs> Who opposed, you know, I'll be honest, no. Opposed you making this known. For example, how did the, the neurologists and the, and the pharmaceutical companies and everyone react when you first did this? Um, I don't know how the pharmaceutical companies react. I mean, they have a huge industry, and they still make, you know, tens of millions of dollars off 
anti-seizure medications, and and I heard a, a very revealing statistic uh, recently that over $250,000 is spent per congressperson to lobby uh, on behalf of the pharmaceutical industry. So I don't know that they really... I don't know what their their reaction is to dietary therapy, and um, but what I do know is that dietary therapy works, and it works. You know, it improves more than half the kids who try the diet, and as I say, like Charlie, cures many. So, regardless of their feeling, I I don't think, um, you know, they can do much to stop this because that's the bottom line. The diet works. Well, you know, I have nothing against any of these people because, of course, I take Dilantin, and for me it does work. But I am an advocate of all education and knowledge for everyone. So for some people, you know, it would be an anti-epileptic drug that would be wonderful that would work. But for other, if it is this diet, the ketogenic diet, everyone has to know about. That's the only part that bothers me is that if it weren't for you, I don't know how well known this would be because I found out about it because of hearing about you. So, and I have epilepsy. So I am just very thankful that you did do this. And we have a million people on Twitter trying to get through here because we advertise this on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere, asking me, how do you find out about the ketogenic diet? Well, I'm glad that they got through um, we have a website called charliefoundation.org, C-H-A-R-L-I-E foundation.org, which I think has a very comprehensive introduction to the ketogenic diet, both from a medical perspective, a community forum of parents who have kids on the diet, uh, a list of a, a bunch of children who benefited from the diet, uh, a list of hospitals that have ketogenic diet programs, frequently asked questions uh, about the diet, um, um, as, as well as you know, m- neurologists speaking on video about the diet and its efficacy and when it should be used as a, an alternative to um, anticonvulsant drugs. Um, so I, I, I think, it, it, oh, and I should also add that on uh, Eric Hargis was good enough to mention the movie First Do No Harm that we made about another family's story about the ketogenic diet, but is really an insight into what it's like to have a child with epilepsy and, and how difficult it is to find dietary therapy. And if people want a copy of that movie, they can just email us and we'll send it to them for the cost of postage. Um, there's also on our on the website a a uh, program that was done. Actually, Dateline NBC came and visited our family on four different occasions, and they did a very comprehensive program talking about the diet um, and Charlie's experience with it. So all this information is available on on our website at charliefoundation.org. That's charliefoundation.org, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, which is the name of Jim's son. And how is Charlie doing today, Jim? 
Um, Charlie's great. He, he, you can hear me yell, choked up. <clears throat> he's doing great. Well, that's he's wonderful. doing great. He's he's just he's a beautiful, wonderful boy. He's going to be eighteen in a couple of weeks. Wow. He's happy. He's flourishing in school. He's got lots of friends. He plays the piano. He plays golf. He's he's one of the most wonderful things that's happened to my life. Well, Jim, I have a message for him. This is what I tell people who, shall I say, have a stigma about epilepsy. I tell them, listen, when you have epilepsy, you just have too many neurons firing off, and that fits my personality, too much firepower. <laughs> So that's Charlie. He's like me, just has too much firepower. Yeah. Now, you know, you were so generous with that offer of that movie. You know, this movie he's talking about had like this, you know, sort of not well-known actress called Meryl Streep as uh, a lead role in it. And how the heck did you ever do that, Jim? Well, you know, uh, Meryl is a friend and was around when Charlie got sick. And she saw how sick he got. She saw the failed um, medication. She saw the failed surgery. And she saw him get better so quickly with the ketogenic diet. So she knew the reality of what was going on. So when Nancy and I started the Charlie Foundation, the first thing we did was produce an introductory videotape to the ketogenic diet. And it's about 45 minutes long. And again, People can just order that if they would like it for the cost of postage through the Charlie Foundation website. Um, but Meryl appeared in that video, and she narrated the video, and I think it's still a pretty good introduction to what it's like to start up a kid on the ketogenic diet. Um, and and then as, as time went by, after we made that video, uh, Dateline NBC covered, as I mentioned, um, Charlie's story for the first time, and suddenly there was an explosion of interest in, in the diet, and we began, because the diet had been around since 1925, we started to hear from many people who had been on the diet in the 30s and the 40s and 50s, 60s, you know, who had, had been cured by the diet and just kind of went on with life, and um, the most dramatic Story that we heard, uh, I got a letter from a, a woman named Connie Intermitty, who from Marengo, Illinois, and Connie told us about when her son Tim had gotten sick with epilepsy in the 1970s, and how it had decimated her family, and how she had gone through the same routine of, of uh, field um, anti-epileptic medicines and how eventually she got to the ketogenic diet, and it cured her son, Tim. Tim is now 42 years old. He's a great kid, and this all happened when he was four. Um, so when I read her letter and the extraordinary events that, that led to them getting to the ketogenic diet, I called her up and I said, what do you think if we make, what do you think if we try to make a movie about your story? And she was into it. So we, we had a script written and obviously because Meryl Streep had been involved in our personal story and knew the reality of it, I, I gave her the script and she said, I'm in. You know, she wanted to help promote this dietary therapy. So 
that's how it came to be that Meryl Streep starred in First Do No Harm. Well, that's wonderful of her. Yes. But before we, and, and I mean it, but before I go to break, may I also say as a woman with epilepsy, uh, Jim, thank you for all, you know, you didn't have to do all of this. And I really appreciate what you're doing. You are a good man. And I, with that, we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, whoa, what a show we have with Jim Abraham founder of the Charlie Foundation, and he has this other little job on this side. He's a Hollywood producer, too. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back to tell you more about the ketogenic diet. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Tune into a program that's all about empowerment and human potential. It's all about navigating your life. In fact, that is the name of the program. Tune in every Monday morning for the Navigating Your Life show with host Dr. Nathaniel J. Williams. Each week we'll discuss a range of topics to help you with the challenges facing us every day. The information given can be implemented immediately and may change your life forever. The Navigating Your Life show is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ready to lift your spirit? Join Karen Tatanich every week for Spirit Connections. Karen will share with you the power of energy work. It can get you through the good times and the tough times. Karen will bring together stories of hope and good news based on her work with all aspects of energy. There are people and companies out there that are bringing joy to our planet. You'll learn about the power of spirit at home, at work, and at play. Spirit Connections is broadcast live Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. Wow, what a great show we have Jim Abrahams. Now, this man, in case you don't know, Hollywood producer of many movies, current movies, too, but you will probably remember Airplane and Naked Gun the most. But to me, he's a producer of life, 
because he stood up for all of us with epilepsy to tell the world about the ketogenic diet and made the movie with Meryl Streep, Streep that he is talking about earlier, which you can get by sending an email to charliefoundation.org. But he has done so much for us, and I'm so honored to have him on here. You know, when we were on break, I was telling him that I speak across the country, he doesn't know this part, to high school students with disabilities, and many of them have epilepsy. And it is just horrifying how many of them have attempted suicide as a result of intensive bullying on the web, on Facebook, on everything. So, Jim, for all my young people that listen to this show all the time throughout the United States, and kids, listen, he's a famous Hollywood producer talking to you now. What words do you have for them that, you know, people like Julie who have endured bullying every single day, what words do you have for them? Well, you know, my feeling about bullies is that they're people who don't like themselves. They have no self-esteem. They don't have self-confidence. And for some reason, they feel that, you know, the way they perhaps can right the scale is by bullying others. Um, people like Julie, who, for, for those who are listening who don't know the details of Julie's story, she had epilepsy as a baby. She was given an anti-epileptic drug called phenobarbital, which uh, caused a, a terrible reaction called Stevens-Johnson syndrome, in which she was burned over 80% of her body. Um, uh, she, her eyesight has been badly impaired as a result, um, but she has continued to courageously fight through her life and has become a beautiful young woman with a wonderful singing voice. And again, there's a video of her on the Charlie Foundation uh, website. And for people like Julie are the people with the great courage and, and, and the deserve the self-esteem, I feel. And, and I would only ask of those who are bullied, if not compassion for the bullier, because I think that's too much to ask, but, but at least an understanding that where bullying comes from is not a, a, a place of people feeling good about themselves. The people who bully don't feel good about themselves, don't like themselves, and try to compensate by being mean. Um, and as life goes by, one of two things are going to happen to those bullies. Either they're going to wake up one day and call the Julies of the world and apologize for their cruelty, or they will go on through life being bullies and miserable people. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with him 100%. Just remember, you are all important. You should never let anyone ever take that away from you, period. That's how it is. Hey, Jim, I do have an entertainment question for you. Mm-hmm. What is your view of the media? Do, do you feel, whether it's movies, TVs, whatever, do you feel that it's helping us or hurting the image of epilepsy? Well, 
how often is your show on, Joyce? Uh, Every week. For one hour. Yep. Um, I, I, it's, I'm wising it on every day for five hours. You know, I, I don't have, I don't have tremendously high expectations of the media, but in, with the exception of this insurgence of interest recently that has a large, in, in large measure has to do with cures effectiveness, um, the media is basically silent as regards the the world of epilepsy, and so therefore I find it damaging. Mm. Um, we deserve a voice. We deserve people need to know that that we have that this problem exists. People need to know, you know, that two to three million Americans today um, don't have seizure control or do have seizure control. As, as a result, uh, but with terrible side effects from drugs, I mean, all that needs to be out there. But if I may be blunt, Trace, mm-hmm. go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't think the biggest problem today, with regard, not with regard to knowledge about epilepsy, but with knowledge about the ketogenic diet, resides within the medical community itself. Today, there have been hundreds of studies documenting the efficacy of dietary therapy. There are, as I mentioned, over 150 centers around the world. Um, the old statistics still hold up that, you know, over 60% of the kids who go on the diet are improved. Um, for somewhere in the neighborhood of 20%, they are cured. Um, and so, and and this has all been very well publicized within the medical community. There have been international medical consensus guidelines published within the neurology community that that document um, how the diet should be implemented and when it should be implemented. It says very clearly the diet should be considered after the failure of two or three anti-epileptic medications. There has been a class one study published by Dr. Helen Cross from um, London documenting again in a, in a, you know, that's the gold standard of scientific studies, documenting the efficacy of the diet. So I, I really think that the essence of the problem with disseminating information about dietary therapy I don't think we can point fingers at the media. I think that is the responsibility of the medical community to let parents of kids who have difficult to control seizures know these facts and and let them join in a joint decision an informed joint decision making process. And I and more often than not, even today, despite the somewhat progress that we've made, more often than not, children and their families do not hear about uh, dietary therapy or they get misinformation about dietary therapy in the ketogenic diet. I'll tell you what, and you're listening to Jim Abrams, who is the head founder of the Charlie Foundation and also Hollywood producer. I'm going to tell you what, Jim. Now, am I going to talk about it, but our magazine, Epilepsy USA, 
we're going to do a story about this. Because as I hear you telling your story, I have no clue why it isn't more talked about. I mean, we have examples of people that we both know. I mean, from having 100 seizures a day to none, that is unbelievable. You know what happened to your son? That is absolutely unbelievable. And everyone listening to the show today, if you have any questions about this, you should go to charliefoundation.org and then or epilepsyfoundation.org, Joyce Bender, because we're going to get this. We're going to get this out. You know, every time while I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking, and if there wasn't a Jim Abrams, what would have happened? Don't know. Don't know what would have happened. And, Jim, you have already accomplished more in your life than most people will ever. And I do have to ask you this. When you were growing up, Jim, did you ever think you would be a Hollywood producer? Oh, no. Huh? Uh, if that was... Trust me, the furthest thing from my mind when I was a kid. And have you enjoyed that? Have I enjoyed making movies? Being in Hollywood, have you enjoyed that, being a producer? Um, Well, you know, I'll tell you, there is really nothing quite like working on, especially on a comedy movie, and, and, you know, you work pretty hard and you get it done, and then you get to sit in the audience anonymously. And you get to hear people laugh, and that's pretty cool. I, I must say that's really pretty cool. And you, because you think about what you went through and what and writing the jokes and and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's a it's a it's a pretty good life, you know, living in Hollywood and having that had that experience. Well, laughter is a great medicine, isn't that yeah. the truth? Yeah. That is so true. Um, and, you know, I know you know Susan Axelrod. Very well. Who I will be seeing for lunch, actually, this Friday. But it's amazing how both of you had that same reaction. You know, how she told me when, when Lauren first had a seizure that she thought she was dying. She had no idea what it was. And, you know, do you think people are more educated to know what a seizure is today? Well, you know, I, I I think the social media has been very helpful. I don't know that the mass, you know, media has done much, but I think the social media in particular has helped get the word out about, including Eric Hargis' organization, you know, and what a seizure is, certainly cure, what it looks like, um, so so I, I think in those terms, probably education, people know a little bit more about epilepsy, but they really don't have a firm grasp. It still is a, a tremendously closeted disease. Yeah. Um, is, is yes, I know. It's That's why we're trying to come out of the shadows here. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell everyone, I have epilepsy, and I am not ashamed that I have epilepsy. Hey, hey, Jim, you have accomplished so much in your life. As I was starting to ask you, what would you say is your proudest accomplishment? Oh, well, you know, I, I hope that my proudest accomplishment is, is our proudest accomplishment is yet to come. I, I, I'll, I'll feel very good when the day comes when a, a kid uh, 
suffers a seizure and walks into a doctor's office and they say, well, let's try changing what he eats. And when that becomes the norm, when that becomes the rule, um, as I believe it needs to become, I'll be very proud. Well, Jim, let me tell you, that would be a great day for all of us. Uh, but we have an, you know, another question for you here from one of our listeners, and it is uh, this. Mr. Abrams, first, thank you so much, sir for what you have done to save lives of so many children in America. My question is, what can we do in this country to help get this news out more? Well, what, what I always ask parents to do who've had a similar experience to, to Charlie's is to pick up the phone and call the local media and, and help get the word out. That is the way... That is certainly one way. The other approach that I feel is important and certainly is the moral of the story from my family's point of view is to become proactive, you know, to fight, to trust your instincts. If you have a child and, and, and you don't, who has difficult to control seizures or whose seizures are controlled but at the expense of, of debilitating side effects from drugs, trust your instincts. And it, it can be intimidating, but trust your instincts and fight for your, ch- for your child and fight for what you feel is, is, the, is the, a, a, an effective remedy. And now that you know that there is a dietary therapy virtually no downside fight for it and don't be intimidated by by a medical establishment that might not be receptive today there are lots of dietary therapy and ketogenic diet centers around the united states and around the world and if somebody doesn't want to offer it to you and won't refer you to another hospital or to another physician well do it on your own. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Do it on your own. Uh, don't don't sit back. Be your own health advocate. Right, and 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 part of that is that's an empowering experience. At first, it seems like an intimidating experience to to uh, understand that the medical destiny of you and your family are largely in your hands, but once you go through that learning curve, and all of us who live in the world of difficult-to-control seizures need to go through that steep learning curve as quickly as possible, because when you get to the end of it, you will understand that your medical destiny and your kid's medical destiny largely is in your hands. And it is. How true that is. Would that be your main message for our listeners, Jim? Would that be the main message you would leave that you want people to be their own health advocate? Yeah, I mean, it's that's it, what happened to Charlie happened a long time ago. Um, so we've had other medical issues in in my family, and I can tell you that one of the byproducts of the of Charlie's experience is that. My family feels much bolder now about championing its medical, you know, uh, path, and and we f- we understand now that the medical community is absolutely well-meaning, but it can frequently be wrong, 
and it is up to us to decipher when it is wrong and to fight for uh, our health. That's right, because I am an example. I was told I had a female hormonal problem and not tested. Exactly. And that is because when I have a tonic seizure, I do not have the chronic part. You know, I do not have a convulsion, but I mm-hmm. fall to the ground. I'm unconscious, rigid. But, you know, I'm lucky I'm alive. And that is why Jim is right on with what he's saying. Well, I just want to tell you, uh, Jim, first of all, I can't wait to meet you in person. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Number two, I want to thank you for being so gracious and such a humble person you are. Well, again, thank you for for uh, this opportunity and and for making sure that your show is on every week. It's an invaluable resource. And um, say hi well, to Susan for me when you eat lunch. I can't wait to meet you. And I also will give you my commitment that as I am the chair, we will be talking about the ketogenic diet. So keep up, don't stop. You're doing, what you have done is phenomenal. You've been listening to, if you just joined the show, you've been listening to Jim Abrams. And Jim Abrams is the founder of the Charlie Foundation, Hollywood producer, but as I said, producer of spreading the good news of the ketogenic diet and as far as I'm concerned, saving lives. It has been an honor to have you on. And Jim, we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader or someone who has made such a difference in this world. And today it is from Jim Abrams, who said, the medical destiny of all of us is largely in our own hands. Be proactive. And that says it all. Thanks again, Jim. Thank you, Joy. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week on Disability Matters. See you then. Bye-bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.